Johnny Laser here. This is the after party for the NYSA Presents show from February 20th, 2021. Today you're going to hear stories from Jerry Marks, Jim McManus, Ron Labby, Dave Camo, Joe Pedoto, Gordon Al, E. James Smith, and I chime in now and then, and there's some very interesting folks. Take it away, Dave Cabo. All righty. Welcome to the after party. And remove the spotlight from him and move it over here. All right, yeah, cool. I had a question, where to, where to send the winter views? I was kind of digging up for the right email. It's just the NYSA email address, right? They would send... Uh, yeah, the, the, the 3DNSA at optonline.net. I'll put it in the... There it you is. just great. did it. Yeah, Thank you. A, in... Uh, is that what date is that gallery again? I know people uh, are asking. That's okay. That uh, thanks. Look, we got folks already. I'm so glad. That would be for the sixth of March. Oh, yeah, I was saying if, if people can get them to us by the Wednesday before, that's great. That's so helpful because Jim does these beautiful mosaics so that everybody can send in, and of course, uh, Dave does the um, the fancy clips. I'll shut up now. Bye. Yeah, it's nice to have a, nice to have a couple of days to get them ready. But Wednesday, get them as soon as you can send them. If Wednesday. you can find any winter images, I don't know if there's anything wintry to take pictures of, but I'm sure. I know, know it's going to be hard to hear Jim, I know, to get any winter pictures. No. How are you going to find that? <laughs> Maybe a picture of Jonathan Winters? I don't know. That's, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Morning. <laughs> so Wednesday, March 3rd is when we want to try to get them by. And we, uh, we have allowed people to unmute if you want to jump in with any questions for Gordon or for Jamie about his uh, his film. Actually, Jamie, I had a I had a question for you. Do you think that there were more people there? I know it's a there's the pandemic and all that, but do you think there were more people for the opening than would normally be there? It's interesting. It was, you know, it was a holiday weekend and uh and so obviously it wasn't a commute or anything. Uh and it was what I would certainly think was pretty empty for the time. You know, in those shots, you can see it. Uh, and, and as you can also listen to, uh, if you play it back a few times, you hear people who were there like I was just to, just to see it. So uh, I think um, on a regular weekday at, you know, the rush hour, it's probably busier than you see in those, in those pictures. Right. But that might be even easier for, I guess you would get different, better depth with more people but this way you don't have to worry about depth sometimes. Yeah. What about security? Um, did they give you a hard time? What's the deal with shooting in a public place and all that kind of stuff in New York? Uh, you know, I do it all of the time and I, I never really, a few times I've been in a lobby and the inside of a building uh, and, and I've gotten some grief, but but in something like a Grand Central or, or here, uh, they never really, uh, I've never been hassled. It's more when it's a private place. Like Do you have a tripod? Place, uh, yeah, if you have a tripod, it makes it harder. I don't. I yeah, never, they kill you on that. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I was just gonna. I, I was gonna comment that it's amazing to me the quality, both the quality of sound and imagery, Jamie, that you get from such tiny equipment. I mean, stuff that's no bigger than your hand, pretty much. True. Yeah. No, and I like being compact like that, and I'm out shooting all the time. Uh, and, and You get away with murder. Yeah, that's true. And, and before I put the big cyclopital rig together, 
it actually just looked like a normal camera, you know? So, but for years with the stereo realist, I would go, what is that? You know, and that kind of thing. And, uh, and so for a short brief time before I had the cyclopital, I could go around and take pictures and no one would know. <laughs> but now with the big cyclopital and big giant lenses, and if I have polarizers, they're big black lenses on the front, uh, people, people come up all the time. So I get more grief from people who think I took a picture of them when I was really taking a picture of Central Park, you know. Oh, oh. So, so a few times people will come up to me and ask me what what I'm doing, and, and a lot of times people aren't angry, but they're curious, and so then I'll take a picture of them and show them. And so I, I thought I'm going to put together a little show with all the people who wanted to know what my camera was, and I took a picture uh -huh. of them, you know, on the back. To show them, yeah, yeah. Anyone else been out, uh, been out shooting out in the, the winter weather? Yeah, I have a question for Gordon. Um, uh, you, you mentioned the two programs, Photo Pew or something. What, what is that called exactly? And is it, does it replace Photoshop or do you use it in Photoshop? Yeah, so Photo P is basically, uh, oh, for some reason it doesn't show up as a clickable link here. There we go. Um, it's it's basically it's designed to be a, a Photoshop like alternative. I, I would hesitate to say full replacement because I know some features are missing in it that that are available in Photoshop, especially like the you know the, the latest versions. But it's basically an all online web browser based Photoshop alternative, uh, mm -hmm. and it's extremely handy. <laughs> so there's the link in the chat. Okay, thank you. Sure. Gordon, do you have any, have you tried GIMP at all? Do you know if it's comparable? I, no, I haven't, I haven't used GIMP myself, although I, that would be, that seems like a program that I would like to check out. Um, aside from, aside from Photopea, I wind up using myself to process, um, for processing stereos and, and for making my, my pairs and anglyphs, I use Image Magic a lot. Which, uh, which I like because it's very precise. However, it's basically a command line program only. So it obviously requires some, you know, some, uh, some, comfort, some comfort with either DOS or, or Unix type, uh, you know, terminals to, to use. But, it, but basically, with, I like it also because I've been able to write all these customized little shortcuts. So I have like a command that will, you know, take a, take a crossview pair and swap it or, you know, or to make an anaglyph exactly with certain settings that I like, et cetera. But that's another that's another free uh, a free program, Image Magic. In your suite of tools. Yes. Your whoever Gordon's also been doing some uh, some VR photography. Yeah, doing VR G captures. Gordon, Gordon yes. I, I have I've seen and I have read articles. Seen videos, read articles um, that covered uh, some of the material that you covered in terms of optimizing anaglyphs. But yeah, course, I yeah. thought, I thought for um, uh, for what you set out to do, uh, it was excellent. I, I I thought it was probably one of the clearer explanations. Um, and uh, you you and I both know we see printed anaglyphs that you know could be so much better. Yeah, you know they could yeah. be better. Like major um, and, and somebody has like published a whole book of things that need your techniques, these techniques. And then it would be a great 3D book. 
Yeah, I think I think part of the thing, oh, and you know, I see Jim is yeah, and 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 like Jim Harp, as I said, and Jim McManus, you know, they've they've presented great uh, great workshops on these topics before. But but yeah, you know, e even one of the problems is is uh, you know with these with with the fancy glyphs uh, server that we're using like for this, it does, you know, it's a great tool, but anytime you have just on the fly automatic anaglyph conversion, like there's so many of these things that can never be, can never be done automatically unless you use some AI. So maybe, you know, try and mm -hmm. try to recognize features of depth maps or things, or, 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 you know, I think about these different uh, other, other 3D groups that have online competitions where people are submitting maybe stereo pairs but all the judging or the display is done in anaglyph and and you know yeah it's, it, that's if you, a disconnect if you, yeah if you can't submit your own kind of anaglyph version for those and it's just and it's just your stereo pair is just being automatically converted into a terrible anaglyph it's uh, it's a shame yeah yeah, I, I think anaglyphs, particularly printed anaglyphs, um, uh, uh, get disparaged, um, and uh, it's simply because the uh, uh, you know the publishers, the you know uh, um, uh, they're not they're not aware. I mean, I think that, I think they, you know, they they don't intend to publish a book of bad anaglyphs. I mean, no, I don't think anybody sets out to do that, um, but uh, but that but that is is often the result. Yeah, and I know printing is its own beast, and of course, Jim McManus could uh, could tell us about that. Well, going going yeah. to uh, CMYK is the big issue, because uh, RGB is much purer colors, and uh, once you go down to uh, CMYK, especially with cyan, um, it's very difficult to get clean uh, anaglyphs. But uh, I've seen anaglyph books that uh, printed pseudo images, and uh, obviously, even in side by side, we see pseudo. So uh, publishers certainly often don't care; they don't look. I, you know, it's it's mind-boggling sometimes. I'll probably do a, a, a segment in my Life is 3D things coming up on printing specifically because I always get so many questions on how do you print an anaglyph? I mean, it's one thing, you know, it's one hurdle to overcome to make it look good on the screen. And then once you put it on paper, it's like almost like all the rules go out the window. So you obviously try to get it as good as you can to start with, um, but there are certain rules that you need to follow to make sure it looks as good on paper as it can. And it's interesting that you say that, Ron, because I used to battle with like trying all different recipes, you know, of my own making in my testing laboratory of going from this color profile to that color profile and then trying CMYK only at the end and also way at the start. And I inevitably found out that every time that I introduced CMYK profile in my setup that the results got worse. So 99 times, uh, you know, the rest of 99% of the time, I basically just manage color profiles always in RGB on the way to the printer, relying on the printer software to do its own uh, CMYK conversion. And hopefully it's factory calibrated to do the best job that it can. Because yeah. I used to send around uh, samples to different labs locally. And man, I always got better results on my own, you know, inkjet printer than local labs would give me. Now, obviously I can't print everything on my little printer, you know, but um, I would uh, send out a lot of tests to various facilities and I noticed a big difference in the quality of anaglyphs and it has to do with the ink set. It has to do with, are they respecting your color profile or is it just getting thrown out? The brightness of the paper. Yeah, big difference. Mm. Matte versus glossy paper, big difference. Glossy paper ghosts a lot less than matte paper. Believe it or not, I used to do a lot of uh, 
printing uh, printed greeting cards in 3D. And of course, those usually would go on matte paper. And they always ghosted worse than the same exact image on the same printer on glossy paper or even semi-gloss. All kinds of fun stuff to find out when you've been doing this for a while. So yeah, I'd love to do a, a segment on that in the future and just to hopefully give everybody a few pointers uh, in the direction of printing their own antiglyphs better. You know, you can always send your stuff out to a local lab or, or a mail order from somewhere, but who knows what you're gonna get back. The results you know, vary you, so much. You, you, you know, Jim, I, there, there's, a, there's someone who is a, a, a master of anaglyph uh, technique. Um, I kind of consider him my 3D mentor. I won't mention his name, um, but he has a vast body of, of, uh, of 3D work. You mean Jerry? Uh, and I've, somebody, yeah, yeah. Mr. Lewis, Sherry Lewis? With, the, with, the, with lamb chow? Uh, no, Jerry, Gerald Marks, um, who is certainly my, my, I am privileged to be his friend, um, but I am. I think I'm even more privileged to uh, have uh, uh, learned a fraction of what he knows about anaglyphs. When Jerry goes, there's a whole body of going? knowledge about anaglyphs. Where's he going? Where's he going? So Jerry has to stick around. Jerry can't leave. Jerry can't leave. It is. It has been. There's. I forget the name of it. But there's a thing, there's a German word, and it's when a group of students get together and they publish a book in honor of a particular teacher. Um, I forget the, the name of it, I, I could look it up, but it is, it's, been, it's long been my dream that there be a publication, a print publication of Jerry Marx's work, because I think it's um, both beautiful and historically important. Um, and uh, uh, anybody who could, and, and yes, I agree. When once you go from RGB to CMYK, you know, I, I'm I personally am lost. And I and 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 I know that his preferred method is projection. And I know and I know and I know why because they look the best. Um, but. Uh, uh, that's that's my hope. I I just I've seen some of these great things. I think they should be shared with everyone. And now I'll be quiet. I've always been preferential to anaglyphs. Not preferential. I mean, I'd much rather see a full color side by side pair in a nice quality viewer. I mean, you know, there's nothing like a medium format transparency with light coming through the material and hitting your eyeballs. There's nothing like that. But Jim, me, Jim Harp's medium formats are the, the best uh, 3D I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, in a viewer, in person. Yeah, Figure out how to publish a thousand of those and sell them for uh, 20 bucks a piece. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Why can't you do that? But Why barring that? putting an expensive viewer in everybody's hand, you know, the next best universal way to show 3D is probably anaglyphs, you know, because you don't have to have special eye powers of parallel or cross viewing. You don't have to be limited to a certain distance or an angle or a size image, or you, you can't zoom in. You know, anaglyphs allow you to do all that and more. So that's my uh, personal reason for pursuing it so hard. I don't know if you'd agree, Jim McManus, you, I know have just helped Barry, you know, publish a book, a very impressive book of, of anaglyph anagrams. But in, in general, I think one mistake I, I've seen a lot of people make is just assume that something that looks good on a computer screen is going to look good printed. Yep. Uh, I think a lot of what Gordon was talking about today is is very important just in that you've got to minimize the amount of ghosting because no matter how well you do your CMYK conversion, no matter how well all these things happen, a screen is still going to look better. Yep. Than a, a screen is going to give you more cancellation 
right. painted page. So you really yeah, yeah, have yeah. to minimize, you kind of have to trick the eyes into not seeing the terrible cancellation <laughs> you're getting in the printed medium, and you can do that. I mean, right. you really can. But, you know, you probably can have a picture of a telephone pole against a white sky way in the background in your image and get good results in a printed you're going to probably right. be better off having trees in the background. So you're and it depends on what size is. you're printing at, you know, as to how, yeah, yeah exactly. As, oh, to, oh, as to how much convergence you can get through the average, the average eyes. Photoshop has a, uh, a preview of CMYK, which is yeah. a really nice feature. Yeah, yeah. And I've always found it, usually it, it matches pretty accurately what I would get on the printout, which is always a little worse than what it looks like on the screen. So yeah. you guys are right that it, the best it'll look is on the screen and i think a lot of that has to do with the nature of the light again light is coming from the screen whereas on a piece of paper you are relying strictly on reflected light and there's just not in the average room in the average house there's not a lot of reflected light to go jim, around that's why we have to worry about brightness jim i uh, this would not work obviously for fantagram but um what about um uh, publishing like directly for kindle for, for, uh, not, 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 not anaglyph, uh, I haven't had experience with anaglyphs on Kindle, but I've recently bought, uh, there's a fellow who does restorations of, um, uh, a pair of parallel pairs. Um, he's done a couple on Russia. He's done one on Egypt. That's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And really all he does is he, 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 he does, he spends dozens of hours, I'm sure, uh, cleaning up these, uh, uh, you know, Underwood, you know, shots of the, you know, Giza and the, and the pyramids and stuff. And he's right. published these short books, maybe like less than 50 pages on Kindle. You know, they're parallel pairs. I've never seen these images look as good. Hmm. I mean, he's cleaned uh, them up phenomenally. Do, 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 you know, uh, with the original Kindle, I actually took it and I was sending stereo card pairs into it and putting it in a viewer, in a Holmes viewer, and it actually fit. The original one actually fit in. I did, yeah, I did with that a little bit and realized, okay, well, you know, but it, it, that worked. But it how, fit? How, yeah, it fit. The original thin little Kindle oh, sat fit. right in. Yeah. It was one That's of the bizarre. dumbest things I've That's done, bizarre. but I had to, to my, my, actually, my list of dumb things is one of Oh, you've done that. dumber. I'm sure you've done Oh, dumber. yeah, you're right. Thank you for that vote of confidence. I appreciate it very much. But, but how, how are you saying he did the Kindle? In other words, just side by like you hold yeah, it. Yeah, these were these were just side by sides. You, you can find them on Amazon. Um, I, I I have an interest in in ancient in ancient Egypt, um, and of course I've seen some of these are very famous stereo pairs, um, and I've seen them, but I've never seen them with this quality. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I mean, okay. You, you, we all generally know or people are experienced with, you know, collecting stereo pairs. Um, uh, sometimes you get very crisp, and sometimes you get less crisp images. The equivalency here would be, I would say, he's cleaned these parallel pairs up so much they look like 4K. Mm. Oh. Nice. Yes. New sentence. And. Uh -huh. When I printed, mm -hmm. we hear you, Jerry. Bring it up a little. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh no, no. You're having a private conversation with 52 people. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear you. No, no, really. I'm. I'm. Look, I'm pulling your leg, please. Oh, I'm sorry. I was starting to put in a comment. So, so am I on? You're on. You're on, You're on man. On. You're always on. Let me tell you this story. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Because. Um, Joe just said a whole bunch of things that that sound very good about me, but maybe I could put it in uh, in context. Good. 
Yes. Good. Yes. Keep going. Good. Okay. So I, about 1972, I visited Alphonse Schilling's studio and saw his brilliant 3D work. And he did everything except anaglyph. That's the funny thing. I went to his studio from school. We were both teaching at reunion. And um, so, and I was in fact a professor of printmaking and a printer. For I printed fine art prints for the top artists and top art galleries. And I was a professor. At, uh, now, what, did, what, at the reunion and at the new school where my, where Joe was one of my students. That's how we met. And so I really set out to get the inks to perfection and then hand printed, hand formulated the inks that I used. I used certain basic colors that other people had used before me. A number of people in Europe had figured out that, that you needed to use a fluorescent green to, to make it totally disappear against white paper. But I took that process all the way. And so I made really perfect anaglyphs. And then later I had a chance to go and print them with other printers. And the requirement in order to do it was I had to work with the ink manufacturer and I had to be standing next to the printing press, you know, beating on the, uh, the, pr the man running the press in order to make really, really good anaglyph. Where did you find the glasses at that point? Like, I you... manufactured glasses from the start. I went to Lee Filters. Oh, Lee, of course, that would make sense. Wonderful Lee Filters, who, who have made the, the best filters for ages. And pe people don't know about Lee, but Lee actually, for theatrical reasons, that's what that's where they're, they're not making that's 3D that. glasses. What they actually make is all the theatrical lighting fixture filters. And when, I, when the time came, for, say, for my Rolling Stones project, to make 15 million pair of Rolling Stones glasses, I specified very specifically the filter uh, density and... and uh, Here's a leaf filter and, book. Yes, exactly. I, I, that, that was on my yeah. night table oh, at all yeah. times. That, that sample book, yes. And uh, so anaglyph just required a tremendous amount of attention. You know? And so much technology has changed since then. It, it, it would be quite a job to do it again. But uh, these days, I like to make RGB anaglyphs from my photographs in Adobe Photoshop, good old Adobe Photoshop. And I was a beta tester for the program that preceded Photoshop. And then when Photoshop came out about 1990, I was one of the first people to uh, buy it. And I, I, so I love working with 3D in Photoshop.
And uh, one of these days, I would like to do a full demonstration and, and live uh, of what I do to make anagram. Anyway, enough for now. <laughs> that was great. No, that was very interesting. Really was that. Uh, that was that's fantastic. Jerry brings up a great point about glasses and the quality uh, choice that you have because you can fumble the ball on the goal line. Literally, you can put all this work into an anaglyph and making it look great on the screen, on the paper, and then somebody looks at it through the wrong kind of glasses and it, you get ghosting or the colors look wrong. Yeah. So I highly recommend, you know, good old American paper optics, uh, paper glasses. Now here's something that shocked me, guys. I used to, uh, you know, do, uh, I still do wall prints and I sell them. And I thought, wow, that would look great with something better than just paper glasses. So I'll give them away with uh, these nice plastic glasses. Thinking erroneously, actually, that the thicker the lens, the better the filtration quality it would have. And I was wrong. The thin uh, cellular, what is it, celluloid uh, uh, colors in the American paper optic glasses extinguish the proper colors much better than the thick plastic glasses. I've tried a bunch of them, and I can tell you in every case, the American paper optics glasses just seem to beat them hands down. Well, and it's because hold them up to a light and see if, if it was generally the, the red and cyan combination was proper because you should be able to look at a white piece of paper and still perceive it as white if you're getting equal amounts of yeah. red, green, and blue. Yeah, that's because plastic glasses, you can't mold plastic to the same color specificity as you can the celluloid that Lee you know, generates to a very exact color. Whereas in plastics, you know, you just can't get that kind of, of uh, you know, exactness. Yes. It's like a PMS color. You know, PMS has all these, you know, numbers, hmm. a matching system, and, you know, they're very exact about those colors. Ah. And to, to mold plastic in an exact color is almost impossible. So that's why I've, I always tell people, you know, you're going to get better quality. And you're one of the first people that I've also heard say that with paper glasses. And that's, that's all I use. I mean, you know, I, I've got yeah. the, uh, these were made by actually fascinating. That's, that's the best explanation I've ever heard of the reason, Ron. Thank you. <laughs> How about glass? How about uh, like glasses? Like, could you just get like a, I would say a photographic filter. Wouldn't that be? Well, they have they have made uh, glass filters uh, years ago. Some I don't know which optical place made them, but they were made uh, uh, out of uh, round pieces of glass. And and they the nice thing was that the uh, the ears could go either the uh, ear ear uh, templates could go either way, so you could have red left or red oh, right. Geez. Oh, jeez. Yeah, very interesting. There were metal glasses, metal frames with uh, glass lenses. And the funny thing was that the uh, I believe it was the cyan was was much thicker than the red to get enough uh, of that color. Hmm. Uh, I could actually go get a set, uh, which is right downstairs, to show you because I think it's pretty interesting. So I'll be right back. Don't wait though. <laughs> now I got the question for you. Where's Ron? Where's Ron going? But <laughs> I had a real I had a quick question actually uh, for Jim McManus. Um, I wanted to ask you, Jim, if you were able to listen to uh, the, the Penn Station video with your headphones. And um, also, uh, I'm, I loved your presentation about binaural. Oh, thank you. And uh, so I'd, I'd, I'd like to, going forward, maybe improve on that. So if, oh, when cool. you get a chance to listen to the replay, uh, would you 
maybe listen to it and then uh i i love you know i love the idea of doing 3d and yeah oh that kind of stuff really benefits from it when you're in sort of enclosed spaces you know with a lot of activity man the the, the vividness of the uh localization sonic localization will blow you away so sure yeah i'd love to help you with that oh look at that so these may be the oh, best that. 3D oh. that i've ever seen now you can see there's two oh, yeah. sets of uh, nose things and the glasses will go you know either way and i don't know if you could see this but the cyan glass is actually yep. thicker yeah and the red it comes thick. across man wow. yeah um so beautiful glasses you know perfectly matched cool looking too yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so john lennon looks like yeah he'd be proud yeah, I, so I, you know, I don't know who made them. I can't remember if there's any kind of uh, marking on it. I don't think there is. Um, but you know, I'd not be surprised if it was, you know, like some famous uh, optical house. Yeah, I, I don't see any hmm. marking, unfortunately. But anyway, hmm. wow, fascinating. Yeah. Thank, thanks for uh, getting those. Oh man, those do look cool on you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how much you want for those? Yeah. <laughs> I've got an extra yet, actually. So we'll talk we'll talk a private message. It's <laughs> a price for anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious looking out here, I, I feel it seems like Fred Lauder and Rick Shomsky took a nap around uh, 3DCon and then woke up <laughs> yesterday. Uh, you got kind of a Rip Van Winkle situation. <laughs> <laughs> hey Fred. I've been very busy. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see a time lapse, a 3D time lapse of like beard growing, you know, the during the course of the, the oh, quarantine, if anyone's doing oh. that. <laughs> that's great. Hey, Jamie, a quick question for you on that audible part of your presentation. Um, I will go back and listen to it on headphones uh, on the replay. I only heard it on my speakers, but it sounded to me like it was maybe in mono. Were you ever able to uh, figure out how to get it to broadcast in stereo over Zoom? Because I can certainly help you with that, if not. Yes, good question. It's definitely in stereo. Um, yeah. so, the source, uh, I would assume, is in stereo because the Zoom records in stereo. Yeah. But were yeah. you ever able, did you try it getting to uh, play in stereo on another computer? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, actually. I, I actually just assumed it was... It was yeah, I, I thought it was in stereo. I know when we were running through it, I didn't have my headphones I'll on. Listen today, back to it. I could be mistaken. I could be yeah. mistaken. No, I, mean, I, I, thought, like, I, I was really impressed with the um, cool. depth. You know, there's so no, much good, uh, ambience good. in there. Oh, it was sonically amazing. Even in mono, it would be amazing just because yeah. it's got rich sonic, uh, you know, there's a lot of information there with the announcements and the people all around yeah. you. And one of the first minority things I ever did was just walking through a crowd and you could literally hear people three feet to the right and two feet behind you and just in front of you and right. localization on that kind of stuff in a in a station like that is just incredible yeah, yeah, yeah that, that is I, yeah. Okay. when you hear it back i think you you'll hear that like you cool. know you hear the person over here to your right oh nice i'm sure i will i'm sure i will there's just i know there's a trick to getting it to broadcast over zoom to stereo for everybody else and so um it's it involves setting your computer on the proper zoom settings fortunately nobody else has to do anything though because otherwise that'd be a failed experiment if you had to go on and, and say okay now everybody go into your uh, settings in the browser on zoom right. Yeah. Right. i had cans on and i couldn't tell because there was enough ambience that it was yeah and you know what watching watching the slides too also yeah. really brought 
there's enough messages coming in to make it seem vol vol voluminous. Yep. We can try right. again. We've only shown it twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three's <laughs> a charm. Let me check. Actually, Dave, if you're there, do you know? Oh, my headphones on are nearby. Yeah, DB, do you know if you have the uh, if you have the stereo setting? Because I hadn't even thought about looking in there. In the audio settings, there's a. Use I didn't know. I don't. I, I haven't said anything special. Okay. It involves um, on your end setting it to turn on original audio because Zoom uh, has all these filters it uses to cancel out echoes and, and noise. Yeah, and it compresses like the hell out of stuff, which really yeah, and, and you basically really have to defeat all that video. to get the ability to do stereo. So uh, you got to make sure when you're done that you turn original sound back off because your thing will sound like garbage and be echoey. But for the stereo program, um, uh, I'll see if I can figure out what that thing is and post it in the link in the Jim, chat. Uh, Jim. You know, it's a very confusing setting because yeah. it's like yeah. off is on, on is off. It's like one of those. Yeah, I remember you and I were working with it for a long time, and we were getting weird results. And, and it's just, it's, on mine, it says turn off original sound. Would that be? The... That's it, right? Turn off original sound. You now, do you have... engage that to turn it off? That's a confusing part of it. Uh, yes, you turn off. I'm sorry, you turn on. You want original sound to be on. Original sound. Think of that as the unfiltered, turn on original sound. So the unfiltered sound, the unaffected. Yes. Yeah, not compressed. Yeah. So right now, what you see, you've got it checkmarked, which is good. So when you start a Zoom meeting, it'll ask you turn on original sound, or actually, I think it goes into that mode by default, and it'll ask you if you want to turn off original sound. So turn on original sound has to be enabled, but you see also there's another checkbox beneath that, which is use stereo audio. And if I'm not mistaken, I know it's been a while since we did that workshop, but if I think there's another setting I had to go into Zoom on my browser and set. You got cans on now? I've got you have cans? Yep, right here. Why don't you put them on? Let them just play it. That'll okay. tell you right there. Because cool. that's confusing. That could, I'm still confused. It says turn yeah. off. You press it to turn it off and it turn yeah. I. It's like, you know, on or off is backwards. I'm not yeah. even sure what they mean. Exactly. Is on, yeah. on, is off, off. When you click it, <clears throat> it's confusing. It's like one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Literally it's like a, a double negative. Yeah. 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 I, 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 well, I would stop sharing, but I can't find the button. Engage original sound. Engage. If they would have used that word, turn off, uh, turn that on. That would make, make more it sense. Yeah. Has anyone ever. Right, I, I, I set mine. I can try to do it again. Yeah, run it. You know. Real quick, has anyone ever has anyone ever had their their Zoom sharing bar go below their uh, task bar like the yeah because it's behind it's weird it dropped I mean disappeared right well it's it's there but it's below my task bar since I can't, since I can't right. get down there ha have you it, driven your your mouse below there because that's what happened just today on my other one and I and it disappeared I was like now what and I pulled it down and popped back up. Maybe I'll move it off to the side and then I can get to it. Yeah, okay. All right, that's it. All right, you want me to play it again? Yeah, go for it. Do you do yep. you have did you check those settings and then Yeah, and then on my screen at the top it says turn on original sound, so I'll try that. Okay, yep. That needs to be enabled. Cool. Thanks. How about you, Jim? You got cans on? No, you don't have cans on. Oh, do you? I do. I do. Yep. Got earbuds. Yeah, in your settings also too, Dave, did you check to see that the uh Stereo is enabled? Yes. Okay.
Yeah, it's in stereo. Like, uh, wait, let me be sure. Yeah, it's in stereo. You're good. Nice. Opening day, Moynihan Train Hall at Pennsylvania Station, directly under the big clock. Yeah, that did it. That was awesome. That worked well in stereo. That was, yeah. that was great. Yep, I, I heard it in stereo too. Thanks. Nice. So now you know the trick. Enable original sound, and you have to have that stereo audio checkbox enabled as well. And uh, And just when you're done with it, when you're doing normal voice stuff, usually you want to turn off original sound because you want all the echo cancellation and noise suppression and all that stuff. Now, Jim, do you have that on your screen now? Because I have turn off original sound. Now, are you do? Are you, he just did it in the menu, or can you do it from the screen, like the gallery screen? Because I, oh I have no, to... you have to do it in your settings. So, in other words, in the app, you have to call up that uh, settings. Uh, let me see where it is. So then, what's this thing for? Why is this thing up here? It says turn off original sound. Yeah, that's. Oh, you're talking about floating in the window? Yeah. Yeah, that upper was... left hand side. That like stays up there now all the time as long as you have that enabling feature. As long as that feature is enabled, it'll present you with that option visually because it doesn't want you to forget. Got to turn it off or on. So I mean, just to go one more time through this because why? You know, we may as well belabor the point. Yeah. It says turn off. It's blue right now. When I click it, turn on original sound. So now it went to black. I'm not sure. Okay, you still can't tell. You, I guess you're better off doing it. Yeah, again. I don't see it on my end. What what it, what you're seeing on your end, but basically just remember that it's showing you the next state. Yep. So it'll that, show you what'll happen if you. Click it's showing on. you the next state. Yep. Exactly. If I click it, I turned off original sound. Yeah, and, and then you I, wouldn't get stereo if, if if original sound is not on. You won't get stereo. Think got of it. Either original I sound process process zoom sound process zoom sound won't normally give you stereo. Original sound can. It's like much of the nomenclature in Zoom. It's kind of not written yeah, by technical yeah, people. Exactly. It's cockamamie. Bass backwards, we call it. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> I just wanted to mention, um, for those who are VR headset guys, I, I have just been fiddling around with the 
uh, Thantograms in the NYSA Allspace world. Uh, Jim McManus, he sent me a really nice one of a dog and a cool one of a ship. So those are in the, I just have been switching around the slideshow oh, trying to get more effective ones. So anyway, if anyone happens to go in there, do have a look. That works really well, man. I love how you uh, use the hole in the wall technique for yeah, restricting just, viewpoint. You know, I, I'm sure there's other ways to do it, but yeah, you just, my feeling is if you're not seeing it at the right angle, yep. somehow in the real world, when your book is sitting on your table and it doesn't look right, you're like, oh yeah, it's, you know, my book. But when you're in virtual reality and you're seeing the thing and it's not conforming to reality, somehow the brain isn't as forgiving of it. I, I it No, you, you were right. Could you play that again, Dave? Because I think it would be helpful for everybody to understand because it's hard to understand that. Uh, uh, yeah. you no, got to I... stick your head in. It's it's it, yeah. yeah. It's actually it's funny. Which I just is really odd. Check my work, and there were some people I don't know who just I guess had seen me there working on it. It became a popular room, and they had their head <laughs> stuck right in there, so people figured it out. It's <laughs> funny to watch a avatar stick his head, and I watch Dave yeah. stick his head in. It's like the oh man, like a, it looks like an. I think we sold about forties at this yeah, point. Something. We should be selling. Wait, sorry. Put a uh, phony uh, a joke guillotine in there. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good you stick your head and you see your head roll off that's just good you gotta love these guys you really do a little blood around the hole that's <laughs> great it's great God. a little virtual guillotining never hurt oh, anybody hey 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 Jim could you could you put a blood drip around the hole that alone would be cool. Make people second guess. Oh, definitely, man. It'd be like, you tip it. Oh, anyway. Sorry, folks. I just like the idea of having them sign a waiver before they go look at that. All right, you can look at these fanograms, but they have to sign this. Just a blood <laughs> drip. I say of all liability for any, you know, any death it. or injury that may occur. I'll go there later. Hi, this so I can, maybe I'll turn the, I'll turn the volume down and we can start a we can show yeah, what's yeah. going on, right? So, so John has his nice little avatar there, and the background is a 360 that uh, 360 3D that Jim Harp took with his uh, Insta360 giant ball camera thing, and then there's various works of uh, side by side, and you can see those are in 3D all on the walls as you walk around. You can examine. All, all space turns out to be a great venue for showing 360 3D content. I, I was amazed I when I first went on there that. T tell everybody who owns all space. <laughs> Pardon? Tell everybody who owns all space. It's Microsoft, yes. <laughs> yeah, that says it all, yeah. That's that's Jamie. So it's funny that <clears throat> so Jamie was just on his desktop Mac. <clears throat> so he couldn't see anything in 3D, but also he couldn't move his arms around. That's why his arms are in his side. So John can grab items like rock, like little bottle rockets and fire them around. I'm not Jamie. How did you get the video of this, Dave? Did you just tap the uh, Oculus feed on your PC? The yeah. I, whatever it is. Yeah, I used, uh, well, I used Windows, uh, Windows game recorder. Oh, okay. Cool. And so I hit record. And, uh, I didn't get sound the first time. So you have to pump the sound in, in the Oculus app. You have to change. That was me snapping. That wasn't a, a delay. And so this is a nice setup where you can kind of see this 3D object of a stereo uh, scope. And then this actually, Jim animated the, the slide moving back mm -hmm. and forth. And then you see what's that, the Flatiron building in 3D today and the Flatiron building in the, in the past. Which is a nice little shot. 
He also did it. There's a little portal there you could have. If you're not going to our site, you could actually go to a, some of the Viewmaster reels that we did a few weeks ago with uh, Mark Cushman. You could go into the into Star Trek. <laughs> mm -hmm. Actually, the bridge. <laughs> but it's real. It's, you know, you see Kirk sitting there. It's a trip. Yep, and that's a 360 globe. That's a really nice experience. You can walk in and kind of look around in the in Times Square in 3D uh, inside that area. I love that giant viewer, and, and it makes me wonder if you guys can do a like a smaller, like a normal size viewer that you can actually see 3D in because that viewer is so large that you have to stand back well, and then you only work on it a gym. That, I don't Come on. You, the problem is you couldn't quite get it to work the way a real viewer works just because unless you had. Yeah. The ability to do scripting because optics. you would need to bend light the way a lens yep. does. There's no optics in there. But, yeah, but right. you know what? I think I think you could kind of fool the eye to doing it by using a plane that looks like the viewer's lenses. And then when your eyes go in front of the plane, they suddenly see a 3D image. Ah. You can kind of recreate the experience. But I will oh, tell geez. you something that just I found so fascinating is a guy in the world building class created a zoetrope. <laughs> and oh it actually God. works like awesome. a zoetrope. It has the slits. And wow. he animates it, it spins around, and you look at it and you see the strobing. You're kidding me. I mean, oh, you actually man. see a zoetrope working like a zoetrope. It's amazing. <laughs> so that, that that gave me, that was kind of food for thought right there. Yeah, and that, this, what we're looking at right here is the thing yep. I fixed up a bit. I put some different slides in there now. The dog and the ship work, work cool. better than nice. these two. Uh, so did we explain um, how once you get into alt space that you find this room? Uh, we should put a link up if we don't have a link. It's but uh, I mean a link. A link doesn't help because if when you've got the headset. Well, no. The, the way you the way you do it, Ron, it's a very good question. What you, the only way to deal with alt space and finding places is to go on their website. Uh, if you sign in on their website, you can then click a link to so, whatever someone has sent you, and then paste it on there, and then favorite it from the website. Ah. Then when you put the headset on, it's part of your favorites. Ah, okay. I haven't found another because you're right. Otherwise. It's, you know, it's pretty much impossible unless you have a web browser or something. There's, so, yeah, the way you do it is um, from the website. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I just the link up. I can, I can put the link up. Yeah, I can, no, I, and I can walk you through it in, in, in this screen. What were you going to say, Gordon? Oh, if, you, if, you're, if you're using Quest or at least the Quest to uh, the Altspace app in there, there is one other step that you need to do to be able to even find it on the headset, and that's you need to there's some option in Altspace to enable, you have to enable something like VR yes. Worlds. Oh, yeah, beta Worlds. Yeah. Beta Worlds, beta. right. considered yeah. beta, so you have to like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to find out where you enable, thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, good point, yeah. They yeah, still right. consider Worlds part out. of the official uh, release, even though they've been, you know, working for ages. Could you, because can anybody, it, it's possible to take a picture of that, right? With the headset on, could you mm -hmm. take a picture yeah. of that panel? Yep. Okay, good. We should take a picture of that and show. Yeah. 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 We can try to do that. So yep, yep. The, yeah, the first step is to go right to click on it from the site and then you can go and favorite it. And then once you enable the world's beta in the settings, then this will show up as a, as a little list. And you guys just so you know that, that aren't familiar with this process when you're in alt space in your headset and not on your PC, you can also click a favorite. You can like leave yourself a trail of breadcrumbs if you're being flown around on this awesome world tour and you want to be able to revisit the places later, you can favorite them while you're in there. So there is a favoriting ability that's just what they're talking about is when somebody sends you a link, the only way to take advantage of that is to open it up in your PC browser and, uh, and, and favorite it that way. Quick question. Uh, 
how many people who are here right now, I guess we, you could do a poll, but the hell with a poll, uh, have, you may move your hand, have actual VR headsets. I know the guys who do, you don't have to do anything. I <laughs> got it. Well, I think you could also just click the, uh, the yes in the participants tab, and that would help us get, because a lot of people don't have video. Hmm. Click the what in there? In the participants tab, there's a little green yes button and oh, got a it. no yeah. button. Oh, I see. Check mark. Yeah. And okay. so, yeah, you could even say no, I do not. And then we would know. Can we they do a poll? I'm wondering how because all these people should be able to. We should all meet up in there one time. Yeah, I don't think we can do a poll because I think we have to set it up. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's. We'll set. do that next week. No, we'll do that. I'll set one up next week. Yeah. But anybody who has one, you can also put it in the chat. Just say you've got one, because we can certainly. Uh, and you put your how email. Much are they? How much? How much is a Quest Two these days? Two ninety nine. The two ninety nine. Three ninety nine is a bigger one, right? Three Yeah, although it looks to me like you're. It's hard to find them. I guess three ninety nine at Best Buy happens to have them in stock. Amazon seems to be trying to get um, four fifty for them. I, I, you know. Yeah. Well, actually, no. What is it again? It's the two ninety nine. Is the sixty four gigabyte one, right? Right. Which I don't really recommend, just because I think is you know that memory's not going to be enough down the road. Uh, it, nope. There's just more and more big things coming out for it. Right. But right. I think it is worth paying for the extra memory. Yeah, um, if you do Best Buy and do one of those zero percent things, you know, you pay whatever. By the time you finish paying for it, they have the next model out. But <laughs> anyway. Well, then, no, I don't think they'll be. I I suspect the Quest Two is going to be the top of the line for at least two years. Because they, they was no, a no, 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 no. The processor and Quest Three is going to come out, not two years. I wouldn't say Quest Three is probably going to come out in at least a year. Oh, okay, yeah. we'll see. But I, I, I just, I, my feeling about it is that they really reached in terms of the power of the processor, and in the power of the screen. And they, and you know, Facebook is really heavily subsidizing the thing. When you're buying That's it for three ninety nine, you're getting an eight hundred dollar headset. That's why there's no competition for it. You're not going to find, oh, what's the competition of the Quest 2? There is none, because Facebook is basically paying for half the unit. So that's that, why I don't suspect they're going to be, I mean, they're really not making money on it. They're using it to extend their reach into this social VR domain for the future. So we'll see. I mean, I, I suspect that, I think the thing has room for lots more improvements software and firmware-wise before they ever have to bring a new model out. There's still stuff that processor can do that I don't think they're even unleashing yet. And so... Anyway, but, there's things to be seen. I'm, but you know I guess what? Two years, but who knows? But here's the thing: you might even find on eBay since, like, I got a one and I got a two, and soon I guess, like Dave says, I'll have a three. I'll probably have an eight eventually. But the one all of a sudden becomes less valuable. So you put a look on eBay, and somebody wants to, you know, move those out, you know, because they're eventually sitting there. Why wouldn't you? It's a good way to get your feet they, wet. They haven't gone down as far as I would have thought. I went on eBay. I was actually looking. I was thinking of getting one as a present for a nephew of mine. It's like they haven't really gone down in value this much as you would think on eBay. Well, a little well. bit, like 200 bucks, But, you know, it's sort of like you look at that. Gee, for 100 I could get them, like, the full resolution and the more powerful processor. It's not It's not a very compelling. Uh, and I thought they would have gone down. Okay. And with technology, too, like, like, as always happens is as soon as you buy it, like, a new thing comes out, right? It's, there's always something new coming out. I, I mean, I guess the thing that's different about the Quest is this whole paradigm that Facebook is so heavily subsidizing it that it's really not a free market product. In other <laughs> words, you don't see Vive coming out with their version of it for $399 because they can't. 
I mean, it really, unless Microsoft, in other words, there's just not that many companies that can go and basically sell a product at a $200 loss because they want to um, increase their their reach into the future. And that's really what's happening with the Quest 2s. They, right. they really are subsidized. You know, you're basically selling, part of the product is, is Facebook's access to your data and your, you know. Which way, which way your head's you're, facing. You're right. the product is, is part of the issue, you know, but, but. That's why I, I think the people will often, you'll see on like the different discussion groups, hey, where can I get a bargain on a Quest 2? It's like, pal, you're already getting a bargain. You're not going to get one. For, you know, they're not going to be any cheaper. See if you can find one. They're, they're, you're not going to find a discount on Black Friday for the thing. You know, you know what amazed me most? Off. You know what amazed me most, Jim? The Or it does amaze me. Maybe not the most, but it certainly does amaze me. You know that ping pong, the table tennis thing? Mm-hmm. It's only a 20 megabyte pro program, and I'm thinking, oh my God, you mean all of table tennis? How efficient coding is that? Yeah, well, I mean the coding. Every is move you can very, make very is 20. Tiny part of that, it's it's mostly graphics. In other words, the. the but you got to tell it what to do. So yeah, yeah okay. No, it's, it's some very good. That's very good some. Coding, you know? It's like an amazing thing. 20, 20, 29 megabytes tells you every move you can make in ping pong. No, it's very it's very well programmed. The guy and the guy's done made a lot of improvements to it. It, it really is an amazing bit of coding. I'd love to learn how to do that kind of thing. And it, yeah, it just works very works very well. Back in 2017 in uh, Irvine at the NSA convention is when Mr. Hart uh, just opened his doors to everybody to try out VR. For me, it was the first time for real VR where I put on. Yeah, I think what did you have the uh, vibe? I had a vibe. Or, it was the first yeah, yeah. vibe. And, and I was like, oh, my God. He showed me three things stuck with me. Ping pong that was so realistic that I almost put my paddle down on the yeah. non-existent table when I was yeah. done. Um, the Google Earth VR, which I can't even describe how cool that is for people yeah. that haven't tried it. And also Tilt Brush, which is just amazingly creative and just shows you the, the full six degrees of freedom potential of a headset like the Quest, you know? And so when I, when the Quest came out, Jim, I was so glad that I didn't have to hook up all those sensors and put them in the corners of the room. Oh like, yeah, it was hard going. I mean, it really is, it's very hard for me to get interested in anything using sensors now, once you know, yeah. don't have to do it, because yeah. what a And I gotta commend these guys again. Jim and Dave would bring everything with them, set everything up to, to our in-person meetings all the time. And just like you, Jim McManus, my first experiences with them. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. when I ran those shows, I could never, they were like, by the time I was finished dealing with all the details, I had two minutes while these guys were hitting yeah. out, but they exposed so many people for that. Yeah. And I, and we're all indebted to them for lugging yeah. that stuff in and managing it and dealing with people. My God. It, well, it, was, it was quite something to bring sensors in to New York on the bus <laughs> and set them up. Right. Well, it was, you know, at the time it was worth it. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, yeah, that is the best part is that on the on the Quest and the Quest Two, it's just wireless and everything is is inside of it. Um, and another thing you can use the 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 Quest for. Well, uh, I think we're four thirty. We're getting the, we're getting the band. <laughs> we're yeah. getting the hook. Yeah, the hook, yeah. I got to get a hook here because it's perfect. Yeah. The hook, guys. Would be the first time in my life. Well, look, folks. I think we can wrap it up. If you want to go a little further, we'll give it like another couple of minutes. No, no, no. I, I, well, what I want to do is, uh, is yeah. Did you want me to stop it for you? Yeah, I didn't want to get um, interrupted because we have Jack. Uh, so what I was saying was, so there's the headset. And one of the cool things you can do is that we were talking about that Stereopix rooms earlier on where you can watch the slideshow along in 3D. 
And you can also use um, this Theripix Rooms inside of the Oculus headset. And it's a really nice experience. And the developer of Theripix Rooms is here in, in the chat, Jack oh. 3D. And so I wanted to, to give a good round of applause for Jack oh. for all the work that he's done on that. Uh, Thank you, Jack. Kind of setup that we had. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. So amazing how many generous people. I keep saying that, but it's 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 the truth, man. It's the truth. It, it's incredible, incredible, wonderful community. Wonderful community. So, so our, 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 it, 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 people in the NYSA alt space world now. So it sounds like we're going to try to. Go to the after party, after party, after party VIP lounge is in VR. <laughs> yeah, I'll meet you guys in there. I, I you know, maybe you don't want me. All right, all right, all right. That is the funny thing in all spaces. Whenever you go to a world, it starts attracting people because most people look for the popular, what's popular. So, uh, yeah, I, I, every time I work on, do work in there, I always end up attracting, <laughs> attracting a few people who come in. And so it's, it's, it's good. good. I have no idea how that works, but, um, also donate to Jack. There's a link on the on the Fancy Glove page down at the bottom. Like he does, uh, he does the work out of the the love for the stereo community. Uh, Jack Despois with the rooms and the stereo picks and everything like that. So, wow, thank you, Jack. Community. Yeah, man. We good. Thanks for supporting us, the whole community. Great. We got to support him. I guess that's a wrap. Oh, are we wrapping, Dave? Dave's sounds sounds good. Yeah, I'm already the misfire. Let's try it again. We're gonna Thank try. Yeah, man. That's because we love you guys so much. We want to stick around. Take it away, sir. <laughs> See you guys next week. The piano has been drinking. The piano has been drinking. Not me. Not me.